Grace, peace, and welcome to Podcast of the Wills, a podcast that treats Star Wars like a sacred text. I am your host, Nick Milkey, and we're here. We're Sunday night. We're ready to have a drink. We're ready to have a conversation. We're ready to hang out. And I am always, always, always thankful for those of you that join us on Sunday nights in the live stream, uh, whether you're on Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube. Actually, we don't stream to Twitter. I don't know what I'm talking about. Facebook and YouTube um, streams. So if you're hanging out in the live chat or if you show up in a little bit, welcome. It's good to see you. If you are one of our audio listeners and you are getting this in your pod listener sometime this week, thank you also for joining us and being a part of the show. I always appreciate everybody who supports and hangs out with us. A um, couple of things right off the top. Uh, merchandise. I am wearing my dad batch t-shirt and you can't really see it because I've got this thing on. Um, for those of you that are watching the bad batch and you know, four men and a little lady, as I keep calling it, um, the dad batch t-shirt is available in our T public store. If you want one of those, uh, shout out to my friend, Michael, I know Michael grabbed one, um, the other week. If you want to get one of those, there's podcast of the wheel shirts. And I'm also working on another shirt that I hope to get up, um, sometime early this week. I am being stymied by a font and I didn't know that a font had the power to hold me up as much as it has this week, but, um, working on that. So I always appreciate if somebody wants to buy one of our t-shirts, mugs, pillows, if one of you buys one of our pillows, that's kind of weird, but I'm not going to stop you from it. Cause who knows, maybe you need a dad batch pillow. Uh, the other piece of housekeeping or thing that I wanted to mention is I have announced several times on this show, uh, the other podcast that we do heroes of the mom CU where my wife who knows nothing about the Marvel movies, watches them with me and my four daughters. We're watching them in chronological order and she is a fish out of water. As I've said from the very first episode, she thought that Mighty Mouse and He-Man were a part of the MCU. Uh, so those are pretty funny to listen to. We have not recorded an episode of that in several weeks because my oldest two girls are acting in a play right now. And the play opened last week and goes for another week. So nobody's been home. So we haven't been able to report, record Mom CU, but that is coming back pretty soon. And we will be ready to do the next episode. So hang in there. We'll let you know when those drop. And then also, um, as far as upcoming shows, we've got lots of fun upcoming guests, but two things I wanted to mention is we've got a couple of crossover episodes coming up not too far down the line, which I'm excited about. And also the thing that kind of started Podcast of the Wills was breaking down the Star Wars movies into the different sections and kind of making them thematic. Um, we did the first Star Wars movie and we are ready to do Empire Strikes Back. And I have started mapping out what those episodes are going to look like. So we're going to change it up probably mid-September for about six weeks in a row, do something just a little bit different, but that's still to come. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But tonight, tonight I have a fantastic guest and I'm excited to bring him on. A couple weeks ago, if you watched the show, we had on Connor Ratliff from the podcast Dead Eyes the George Lucas talk show and Connor without missing a beat almost before I think we started the show said, Hey, I've got somebody else you need to have on. And he said, you need to have on Patrick Cotner. So Patrick is a producer. He is a um, producer for Marvel. He's worked for the Chris Gethard show, the George Lucas talk show. Um, he is also, as I was reading up on Patrick, he has worked at SNL. He's worked at Sesame street, CNBC. He's done a bunch of cool stuff. But one of the things that I wanted to read because I didn't catch this until right before we came on, um, 
he has also been the um, producer. Where did I go? I lost it because I was going to actually read it. Um, he is the producer and talent booker for ASCAT 3000 at UCB from 2014 until the theater's closing in 2020. During his tenure, he has booked guests like Mark Hamill. I think we've heard of him. Alan Alda, Phoebe Robinson, Aubrey Plaza, Kevin Bacon, Paul Schaefer, Jessica Williams, Kyle Mooney, Cecily Strong, double EGOT winner Bobby Lopez, and literally hundreds more. That's a big deal. And the fact that this gentleman is willing to come and hang out with me on a Sunday night thrills me to no end. So it is my great pleasure to welcome to the show, Mr. Patrick Kotner. You make me sound so much cooler than I am. Dude, you're cooler than all of us. Oh, you've got, you've oh, got this boy, cool I'm, thing down. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm wearing my nice little, my nice little Babu shirt. Um, hey, I don't, I don't know why that was the one Babu. I chose. We support Babu. We support we Babu. Totally we may support not support Babu. all the things around Babu, but we support Babu. <laughs> That's um, right. Babu, Babu skirts in some sketchy waters at times. Yeah, of course. We spice traders get out of here. <laughs> That's um, right. What are you doing, Babu? Babu, get Who out of here. You think it. you are? You can live a better life. You're better than this. <laughs> you can. Uh, you can do so much better. And then Babu <laughs> has like the drug commercial from the '90s. I learned it from watching you. Yes, you know, it yes. just it turns into a whole other thing. This is your brain um, on spice. Yeah, that's right. This this is your brain rewiring droids that don't want to be messed with. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I am so thrilled that you're here tonight, and I really do mean it when I say it's an honor to have you because you have done some really cool stuff, and you know the people that you've gotten to connect with. And we're going to talk about that a little bit going forward, but um, it, it's a thrill for me to have you here, just because, as I said to you before we come on, came on air, and I've said this pretty much every time we've done an episode, like. I'm such a sucker for process and I'm such a sucker for mm -hmm. how things are made, how things get done. Um, that anytime I get a chance to talk to people who, you know, work on the inside, like it's cool to be a star and who among us doesn't want to be the star, but it's like yeah. the people that also make those things happen are equally as impressive to me. And so I always relish the opportunity to get to talk to somebody on the inside and hear, you know, the stories that they can tell or, even just how it, you know, the lessons that it relates to and impacts your life. And we're going to get into that in a little bit, talking about Star yeah. Wars and some of that kind of stuff. Before we do that, I do have a little bit of important business um, to get to. And this has become, like I said, my running bit where I try mm -hmm. to become the Stanley Tucci of Star Wars podcasts, <laughs> where I make a cocktail, I name mm -hmm. it after a guest. I was a little slow this week on getting this together. Uh, and I wanted to tell everybody who was watching that I did not tell Patrick what I the ingredients until like true. two hours ago. I'm not holding it against him that he may not have one available. So that's the host's fault. But we're going to do it all the same. I have the stuff here. Um, I have a slightly sketchy story to tell as we put this cocktail together. Uh, mm -hmm. But first of all, I guess the big reveal is that tonight, and it's going to relate to the top seven list. So I guess that's our little tease for everybody that's watching um, the theme of the cocktail. So the cocktail is Patrick's Cantina Blue. It looks good. Th this is going to be a blue cocktail, which is where the sketchy part starts to come in. Um, so I have my cup as usual. Shout out to my buddy, Jason. I have the Falcon being chased by TIE fighters, rocks glass, which is my go-to. Um, so I'm going to put some ice in here. I always get the camera sides wrong. It's all opposite. Sorry. Break up the ice. So we're going to throw some gin in here. I write amounts on these things, Patrick, but for the mm -hmm. most part, we just kind of pour it in just there because it. 
That's right. It. It, it, what are we? Amateurs? We're doing this yeah. the real way. You put, you put more or less gin in depending on how your day's going. That's right. And and because gin is good anyhow. Um, <laughs> so we have the gin. I'm going to have some lemonade. I'm going to put a little bit of lemonade in here. And then what do we have? Now? Oh, we've got seltzer. Mm -hmm. At my house, the ladies I live with all live off of LaCroix, various sure. flavors of LaCroix. So hang on. I'll be right back. Some, Throw some lime LaCroix in here. Um, as as we are doing this, and as I say all the time, I am not a professional, but I haven't built it on my computer yet. So I've got that going for me, which is nice. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get to the garnish. I have a lime. This is what we're going with because that's what the instructions that I made up. Oh, there it is. Look, see, totally on brand. I was sort of there. I was sort of there. You're sort of there. Well, so I'm going to I'm going to get to the last ingredient because it's the most interesting ingredient. Mm -hmm. um, we have blue. <laughs> and as the, <laughs> the recipe card says, a splash of blue. Sure. So you would think that, OK, food coloring, that's the way this works. Well, we had food coloring, but the kind of food coloring we had was the gel kind, not the old school like liquid sure. dropper kind. Sure, sure, sure. So what I have done is I've taken some simple syrup. And I put that in there and then I shook okay. it up in hopes that it would make make it what it needs to be. So I'm going to put just a little bit because it's going to end up being crazy sweet. Um, and I'm going to start with an ink pen because, well, yeah. professionalism. And I now have Patrick's Cantina Blue. Looks pretty and good. I'm going to ra raise a toast to you, sir. And thank you for being here tonight. Cheers. Cheers. I believe that'll work. Mm -hmm. So we've got that out of the way. Out, out my little nonsense, my little pet project here. Yeah, it looks good. I'm, I'm sad that I'm missing it. I will have to well, try it another time. That's that's right. I, we'll make sure you get the recipe a copy of your own yeah. so that you can try it out. Uh, yeah. So we're going to jump in. We're going to talk a little bit about Patrick. So do me a favor and introduce any of our listeners or viewers to just kind of generically who Patrick is. Sure. Uh, I'm going to talk in the third person. Patrick is a uh, <laughs> talent booker and producer based in New York. Um, was the booker for the Chris Gethard show, which was a funny or die talk show that ran for a couple of years, produced by Will Farrell and Zach Galifianakis. Uh, the show that you mentioned, Ask Hat, uh, which was a long running improv show in New York at the UCB Theater. Um, and is coming back under a different name at Caveat Theater in New York. Uh, you're going to be able to stream it online and watch it wherever you are in the world, which is very cool. Um, and then I uh, produce and book the George Lucas Talk Show, which was a weekly um, talk show hosted by comedian Connor Ratliff, who's friend of the show, playing George Lucas. And Griffin Newman played Watto. And we would have real guests on as themselves. And that went on for a very long time. Uh, uh, it went on almost every week during the pandemic up until... March. Um, and uh, yeah, just kind of, you know, working on cool things around the city and, and trying to have fun. And I think that's the Patrick, that's the Patrick way, you know, this is okay. the way for Patrick. It, it sounds like a, an admirable way to go mixed with yeah. probably some exciting road bumps, obstacles, fun along yeah. the way. I know yeah. um, having watched a bunch of episodes of the George Lucas talk show in particular, there's no shortage of fun there. Um, yeah. I haven't seen a ton of Chris Gethard, but I have seen several of those episodes. And again, just madcap silliness, fun, but it's the kind of humor that 
appeals to me and makes me laugh. And so yeah. I love seeing that kind of stuff. And it's again, exciting to know and get to talk to somebody who kind of worked on the inside of that. So as we transition away from that for a minute, uh, you're obviously a Star Wars fan. Tell us a little bit about your Star Wars origin story. Go as deep as you want. Go, you know, first time you saw it. Yeah. Anything and kind of how Patrick came to Star Wars. I mean, I was trying to think about it this morning because I assumed you would ask this question. I, I want to say the first time I saw it was special editions in theaters because I would have been, uh, I'm going to date myself here, I would have been five years old when that came okay. out. So it like, that feels like the time when I probably saw it. I don't think we had the VHSs. Like my parents weren't big fans. My aunt was, but that was kind of it in my family. Um, so I think that probably was the first time, but then, uh, you know, fell in very deep, very quickly. Uh, uh, that, that Christmas, I guess it was Christmas 97, um, got so many action figures and toys and everything. Cause they were releasing all the power of the force figures and everything. Um, got a lot, got a lot of stuff, yeah. too much stuff. And then, <laughs> you know, went went full, full bore into, into Phantom Menace, into Attack of the Clones. I was a little bit out by the time Revenge of the Sith came out. I was like, uh, 13 at that point, And I had sort of like okay. backed off a little bit. Um, but then kind of went, you know, it was always still there, uh, uh, but was not as heavily, you know, entrenched in there. I was not getting sure. the toys. All of my toys basically stopped after Attack of the Clones pretty much. Um, okay. And that's sort of how I can like tell when I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, you don't have any Revenge of the Sith Legos? Okay, got it. That was your, that that's was your right. D-Mark. That, that was when, that's when we moved on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then you know, went back in like high school and stuff, and and then obviously when uh, uh, the Lucas show started up in 2014, I guess was probably mm -hmm. when it like really started. Uh, you know, kickstarted it back into action, and then for the the sequels and stuff, it's you know, it hasn't stopped from then. So absolutely. Well, you talked about the toys and getting a bunch of the toys. Did any yeah. of your toys survive into adulthood? Oh, you absolutely. Still have some, yeah. Do you have a bunch of your yeah. stuff? I don't have a lot of stuff with me at this apartment, but I last time I was home, I put them all into like a Rubbermaid, you know, bin or whatever, just so I had them in one spot. Yeah, so they're they're all there. Uh, you know, you just don't have a lot of space in New York, so you gotta. <laughs> that yeah. that is not to say I do not have a lot of Star Wars stuff in this apartment. No, it's no, no, not, that, that's totally it's fair. Not childhood stuff. Yeah, uh, as I say on this show all the time, this little studio that I've created for myself is one corner of my garage because sure. I live with my wife and four daughters. And so sure, this sure, is sure. the only space I have. <laughs> and as I see things and think, Oh, I need to get something else. I have a lot yeah. of real moments of going, but where the hell am I going to put that? Yeah, I don't yeah. have a place for that. Streaming the Lucas show online this year was bad for me. Uh, just because <laughs> for a while it was just like the whole back, background wall to wall. Um, yeah. So that was not, that was not good for my eBay addiction. <laughs> You know, totally. Well, and that's one of those, if you're like me, that's one of those rabbit holes that you can disappear down and look up and like, it's like you've gone on some sort of binge and you wake up and you're like, what happened? And then yeah. boxes just start showing up and like, mm -hmm. I don't remember any of this. I don't remember ordering this. A third the, Ponda the, Baba action figure. Okay. That's I mean, if you say so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So the toys are fun. The collectibles are fun. Um, you saw and okay. So you saw the original trilogy as the re-release, the special editions. Yeah. Um, and so then you said, how did you say you were for Phantom Menace? Phantom Menace, I would have been seven, which I think is okay. kind of the perfect age for it. 
You know what I mean? Like okay. that's like yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're if you're like hyped for Phantom Menace, I feel like that's and I still love Phantom Menace, but at, at the time, like everything is being marketed to you, everything is being thrown at you as right. a seven-year-old boy in the United yeah. States. Well, you know, and that's it's so interesting because I was halfway through college when the Phantom Menace came out. And sure. so to be in a very different place than you were, because I grew up with the original trilogy, I was born in 78. And so yeah. to come in, you know, on that different mode, you're exactly right. Like that was the target audience really like, and it's, yeah. if we get super, I don't know if philosophical is the word I want to use about it, but like that was George Lucas. Like George Lucas yeah. is the one that has said so many times, these were movies made for kids. Like they were yeah. adventure and they got a little scary at times, but we all watch scary stuff. I realized the other day, cause I think last week was the 30th or 30th, 35th anniversary of Robocop. Oh, and yes, that may yes, be yes, the yes. first movie that I saw that was rated R that I was like, I shouldn't be watching this at this sure. age. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but so when things like Phantom Menace came out, that was the target age. And like you said, marketing in particular and, I've got a group of friends online in our podcasting community that lately they've been tweeting. One of the hashtags has been hot Phantom Menace summer. And so <laughs> everybody's like hitting up eBay for there. I don't know that there's been a star Wars movie that had more merchandise than no. Phantom Menace and because I, and the I sequel think, trilogy was, was very the, minimal. Yes. And I think it was a mistake and I think they know that, you know, like at the time <laughs> they got very overzealous to do that kind of thing. Uh, but and now, now and now there's still, uh, uh, you know, hangers with uh, Jar Jar and Pit Droid action <laughs> figures, like, hanging out. <laughs> well, it is. And to this point, like, you know, now that that stuff is essentially on the verge of being considered vintage, yeah, there's so much of it that can be found. So, like, the resale is not high. So, like, if you really loved Jar Jar or Padme sure. or whatever, like, you can still go get sure. that stuff. But some of it is so weird. Somebody put up the other day the... Um, the Phantom Menace Kush balls that were like the little rubber band yeah. balls with like oh, yes, the yes, yes. There's Watto, and I think there's a, uh -huh. yeah, there's a couple of them. There's a Watto one, and then somebody there's else put up, um, yeah. there was a Sebulba, yeah. and then somebody put up pictures of the inflatable chairs that were all the different characters. And so yes. like you blew it up yeah, yeah. kind of like a pool float, but it was a chair, and like the, the Darth Maul inflatable chair is terrifying, yes. and I'm almost 43 years old. It, it was a recurring character on the George Lucas talk show for a while. <laughs> we it? had one. Yes, yes, yes. That's amazing. I missed that part yeah. of that. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things that it's just interesting to me to see where marketing trails go. And now I think with social media and the internet, like, yeah. you know, we can still go get the things we want. Now, if it's older stuff, like what I grew up with, we're going to pay more of a premium because we all of lost course. our toys as kids and yeah. buried but them in the backyard. Have, but and do, you have space, do you have space for that inflatable Darth Maul chair? That's, 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 that's not important, Patrick. I would sit in it to do this show right now. Don't bother me with details. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Don't bother me with your details. Well, um, I'm going to jump us off Star Wars track for one second because I missed yeah. something that I was going to do a minute ago. Sure. And uh, thanks, thanks to you and Twitter... I feel like you need to tell us a little bit about this. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, that's my Naboo Starfighter uh, pajamas. Um, I, this picture was taken on my birthday in 2000, so I turned eight years old. I'm assuming, I don't remember this, I'm assuming I got that Who Wants to Be a Millionaire book for my birthday, maybe from a family member who didn't live near us. So I'm guessing right. we took this picture for my parents to send to them. 
but I've been scanning all of my family photos uh, during this <laughs> uh, pandemic to make them digitized. And that was one yes. I came across. And well, and, and for any baby. of the audio listeners, we have eight year old Patrick mm-hmm. in his Naboo Starfighter Phantom Menace pajamas, which are phenomenal. Zip up, zip um, up one, zip up, yeah. zip up footy pajamas. Yeah. Sitting on a stool or crouching by the television, yeah. holding his "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire" book up to the TV yeah. while Regis is on "Who Wants to Be yeah. a Millionaire." Yes, um, yes, yes, and it's golden. Everything about that is fantastic, and I love yeah. that. So, yeah, you put it on Twitter the other day, and I thought, no, we're going to have to talk about that. You got to so, I get it. I don't for, blame you at all. For, forgive the detour. Um, <laughs> so, you grew up with Star Wars. You grew up especially yeah. through the Phantom Menace and. Like you said, trailed off in high school, came back to it. Um, so what? I, still, for I you, do want to be clear. I still did yeah. see Revenge of the Sith opening night. Okay. So yeah. It was not a. It was not a full trail off, but it was a trail off. Sure. It, it was less of an obsession and more of like, oh yeah, I need to see that next one. You know what? Something that I'm thinking about. I think I actually saw it before opening night Ooh. because they the the North American headquarters for Lego was in our hometown. Okay. And my friend's mom worked for Lego. And since Star Wars and Lego were so intrinsically connected, especially mm-hmm. at that point, it was like peak, like making Legos for them. I think we went to an early screening. I might be making that up, but I know I went with them and it was early. So that's that might be exclusive. Either way. We got exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. There it is. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> so you go through that phase. Did you, and it's like you said, you kind of came back around to it some in high school, probably as a lot of us, as we get to be adults and appreciate not just the action parts of it, but the storytelling parts of it. And, you know, kind of what it, you know, the philosophical aspects that we either try to shoehorn into it or may actually be there either way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So for you, were you, or are you even, you know, Clone Wars, Rebels, any of that kind of stuff? Did any of the ancillary materials, is that all stuff for you? Yes. Uh, now, now I did not sure. watch Clone Wars at the time. I watched Clone Wars uh, maybe in college, late college or okay. something like that. Um, but yeah, I'm full bore. You know, I. Uh, um, oh my gosh, what's the name of the other show? Resistance. Resistance. Yeah. Resistance. Mm-hmm. I watched all of Resistance. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, wow, I'm losing so many points by not remembering <laughs> the name of that show. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm fu- I'm full in now. Uh, That's no awesome. matter what, how much I try to get out, you know, sure. it just keeps me Are in. you current on the Bad Batch? I'm one episode behind. Okay. Um, yeah, so I saw the first Hera episode. I've not seen the second one. Gotcha. Yeah, I really love, and this to my regular listeners and viewers, they hear me say this all the time. Um, but I was of an age where like when Clone Wars was on originally, mm-hmm. like I was out of college, I was working, I was technically a grown up. I'm still technically sure. a grown up. <laughs> um, I'll always technically be a grown up, um, uh-huh. but I just didn't watch it, and it didn't grab me the times that I saw it. Yeah, but what I did was at some point, and it had already been on for a little while. I got into Rebels. Yeah, and Rebels is some of my absolute favorite Star Wars storytelling. Sure, especially in the last you know twenty years. Yeah. And so part of what I did with Clone Wars is I used it like a reference book when they mm-hmm. talk about something in Rebels and I'd go, oh, Rebels, this is Rebels makes you want to go back to Clone Wars because there's and so, so much that's Clone what Wars. I did. You know, yeah. if it was yeah. the, you know, the Darksaber arc or, yeah. you know, you start getting to like World Between Worlds and you have to go back and watch Mortis and all those other things yeah. that 
you know, so in the process of doing that, like I've seen most of it, but at some point I owe it to myself to kind of start mostly from yeah. the beginning and try to do the whole thing. And even now with Bad Batch, because yeah. Bad Batch when is the last season, Clone yeah, when yeah. the last season of Clone Wars came out last year, mm-hmm. I was definitely going to watch it because I was, you know, being a content creator and, you know, sure. watching everything else that came out. But like those four, first four episodes that were the Bad Batch, like I just kind of didn't do. I was like, okay, I, I'm waiting for Ahsoka. Like that's what I was really yeah. there for. Yeah. And um, so when I got to the first episode of actual Bad Batch when it started, you know, twelve weeks ago or whatever it was, mm-hmm. I was in the tank from the beginning. And I love, yeah. you know, I could. I feel like I could write a novel about just the beauty of that animation style and as it continues to evolve. It it's really so like it stuns me sometimes. Like the shot with Hera in that first episode when she's got her hand up in the sky and the clouds mm-hmm, and the birds, mm-hmm. like it's just amazing. And I'm going, I never thought I would think that much about lighting in an animated TV show, yeah. but like it truly is. Stuff- it's when when Star Wars animated TV is done, it will be. I mean, even right now, it's a fascinating look at uh, the evolution of CG animation on TV. Just mm-hmm. going, you watch that Clone Wars movie and it's rough. It's rough because it was right. like, you know, the budget was like, it was high for what it was, but it was mm-hmm. like, obviously they were trying to make it work. And just going from that to what it is now is just so drastically different and fascinating to look at and just like seeing how much it's improved and how much they've taken what they've, you know, learned over multiple shows and figured out how to make it look the best it can. And obviously no we doubt. think that we think that it's the best it can look right now. And three shows from now, we're going to be like, oh, Bad Batch looks like garbage. Yeah, you know, that's right. But, uh, but then again, here they are making live action TV shows basically inside yeah. of a video game that. Yeah. you know, looks more real than anything that George did in the prequels. I know. So, I know. Um, well, and the other thing that I've thought about too, talking about Clone Wars and the evolution, like you said, of the animation style is that's a show that has literally grown up with its target audience. Like when that mm-hmm. show came out in 2013 or 14 or whenever it was, yeah. um, Clone Wars, to go back and watch, yeah, Clone Wars. Clone Wars came out in 2008. Was it eight? Okay, so even farther back. Yeah, yeah. To go back wild. that far. Yeah. Yeah, so to go back that far and to watch those first episodes and to watch the episodes now, obviously, visually, it looks different, but mm-hmm. the themes are stronger now because I yeah. think the target audience is what they've written it based around. So if you were, you know, 12 in 2008 and now you're, you know, 23 or 24, yeah. I, don't, I don't do math, but... You know, you're looking at it from a different perspective and you've got so much more of like the family aspect of it with, you know, yeah. the Bad Batch, um, the found family thing that is so prevalent in Star Wars. You know, I love one of my favorite things so far in Bad Batch has been the development of what I grew up with as the Galactic Empire, the transition away sure. from the old Republic to, you know, chain codes and taking yeah. over these worlds and really seeing you know, I think some of these episodes we've gotten um, are planting some of the seeds of what the rebellion is going to be mm-hmm. with um, the guy that they went and got off of um, the other planet when he tries to leave. And the droid was like, you can yeah. help, but it can't be today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's going to end up being a cornerstone of the rebellion. And I just really, like, I really parents. like, yeah, I really like this era of storytelling because I feel like there's so much that has not been explored in those 20 years that it's like nice that they're going you know some people complain where it's like oh they they try to fill in everything and nothing's left to the imagination but like there's so many years in this 
era that have nothing storytelling wise. And I like, um, I don't know if you read the comics, but the Charles soul, Darth Vader run mm-hmm. that takes place like right after revenge of the Sith. And like in that time frame is so good. And just seeing, you know, watching the empire get built and like even just Vader figuring out how to use his suit is just great. And I think the yeah. Cassian and or show that's coming out, is going to be really cool. Cause it's going to be a lot of that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, early rebellion, early empire, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I think when you watch Clone Wars, I think it will give you a new appreciation. This is what I always tell people. It'll give you a new appreciation for the prequels. The characters there, the the settings there, the, you know, everything that you see gets expanded upon. So like you see, you know, Kiati Mundi in the prequels, and you're like, okay, great. He's got a big head. He like he, you know, he he does a couple things, but he doesn't really do much. And then you watch the show. And he's got like 20 episodes devoted to him. And you're like, oh, okay, I know who this guy is now. Mm-hmm. I care about him when you see the clones shoot him in the back. Like before, you don't really care. It's just some guy with a big head that you see in three movies. Like he doesn't do anything. But once you Absolutely. have that show for context around it, and it makes the Anakin stuff so much better, it makes, you know, it, it builds on so many things that um, were not necessarily uh, addressed in the movies that I feel like could have helped. But it's again something when you have the luxury of that much time and storytelling that, uh, you know, it helps. It helps a lot. Absolutely. Well, and I like this comment that uh, we are trash people put up that says it's also mm-hmm. really interesting seeing the Jedi grapple with the scale of the Order's failures. And that's yeah. one of the reasons I love The Last Jedi so much. Like those elements of The Last Jedi and Luke talking to Ray, like, I mean, I'm, Last so Jedi happy you, is, I'm so happy it you may said be my third favorite star wars movie overall listen it's, it's so an uncomfortable question it's, it's an uncomfortable question i'm glad we got it out of the way right up top we're here to ask those questions that's Good. fine i'm not afraid Good. of those because um, just be, and 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 i am and this is we try to talk we don't talk about this a lot on this show because there's so much negative nonsense yeah. in star wars fandom and yeah. fandom menace and all those different kinds of things yeah. that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to it's have boring. fun. This is Star Wars. It's yeah. What, what, what's the point stay, of that? Stay away from them. You know what? Here's yeah, my we don't need that. So we don't do that here. So if you like one that I don't, that's yeah. cool. I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm not going to set my couch on fire. I'm just going to go. Yeah. Hey, I'm glad you Let like me give that. A little Patrick. Let me give a little Patrick tip. C- please. If you see meet, me, meet, meet Patrick at camera two. You know what? Right just here. full screen me. Make me full screen. That's right. Here we go. All the way. Here we go. Oh, that's not it. There we go. If you see those people on Twitter. Just block them. Just block them. It makes your life so much easier. Okay? It just search Fandom Menace. Block all those people. You'll be happier. Right. It'll it'll you you'll, so you'll, you'll go to sleep nicer. It'll be great. It'll be great. And it'll make you like Star Wars more because those people stink and you don't need them in your life. That's right. And come as I me. like to say, come at me, guys. That's right. Come come at Patrick. Um, and as I like to say, and to quote something else that makes them nuts yeah. in Rise of Skywalker. That quote, <laughs> there's more of us. Guess what? Mm-hmm. There's more of us mm-hmm. positive Star Wars fans than they are the mm-hmm. one group of a-holes that's trying to screw it up for everybody else or just yep. make everybody else hate something because they're unhappy with some other failure in their life or whatever. So It's so much fun just to like Star Wars. It really is. Know? And I think that's the thing people lose sight of where it's just like, if you don't like it, that's fine. But like, don't be a jerk about it. Like, who cares? Mm-hmm. That's who right. Cares? And again, one of the coolest things about star Wars is learning all the reasons different movies resonate more strongly with different folks. I have had more conversations with people that are not those people and had the opportunity to listen to them say, well, this is what 
Phantom Menace really said to me, or this is what Revenge yeah. of the Sith really said to me, or why. Yeah. And I've changed my mind about more things in Star Wars that I thought I didn't like by listening to someone smart go, well, it's also about this, and it's also about this, and also it's fun. Like, that's yeah, what we're doing here. Cool. And if and there's little rubber monsters moving around the whole time. Like, what else do you want? I mean, how do you get mad what at we that? Need? Yeah. That's right. Well, and as I've said many times, if it makes you mad, why are you still here? Like, what, what other part of our life do we do stuff like that? I like, agree. I agree. Uh, the thing yeah. I do like about there being so much Star Wars now is the things that you don't like just don't have to matter as much. When there yeah. were only four there's other, movies, there's, there's, more movies, there's more coming. When there was like, okay, Phantom Menace is here. There's basically only four movies at that point. Like, you know, the, of course, there's Ewoks and some animated stuff. But at that point, there was less of it. So it makes it seem more important. But once there's 12 movies, it's like, okay, just don't rewatch that movie. It's all right. You'll be fine. Yep. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And so I love that we have the possibility with these animated shows and the era that they're yeah. in right now with the Bad Batch. And if we get another yeah. season or if we get, you know, whatever the next thing after it is, is to flesh out more of what Luke talked about in Last Jedi, which was the failure Absolutely. of the Jedi Order and realizing after it was too late oh, this is where we went wrong. I just, mm -hmm. I'm totally here for all that stuff. So mm -hmm. let's jump back for a minute and then we're going to get into our top seven list. But I wanted to finish yeah. out kind of talking about what you do. Um, we've talked about who you are in general. We've talked about your Star Wars love, which is very apparent. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear a little bit more about some of your producing and booking work and stuff you've done, but also maybe more specifically how you've been able to weave your love of star Wars into some of that. Obviously some of the obvious things are George Lucas talk show, Yeah, but you know, one thing that certainly has to go not can't go without mentioning is that you got to book Mark Hamill and be involved in that sure. process. And, um, and, Anthony Daniels. and, and, and golden Tony as the star golden Wars Tony Minute boys himself. would call him. Yeah. Um, so, and you've been on star Wars minute, which is another one of my favorites. Sure. So lo lots of good stuff there. So talk about your work and kind of tying that with star Wars where you've been able to. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm basically based in New York, um, which is good because a lot of people come through New York, a lot of famous people, you know, doing press or doing, uh, you know, book tours or whatever, or just hanging out or shooting something here. So I'm very lucky in that uh, uh, when I'm running a show or booking a show, trying to get guests for it, most people will come through the city at some point and I can, you know, reach out sure. to them and say, hey, do you want to come do this fun, stupid thing? Uh, and sometimes they say yes, sometimes they don't respond, sometimes they say no, and you know, it's just part of the gig. Um, but you know, the things that I work on, I try or we try, you know, depending on who's working on it, to always make it some kind of experience where you're gonna remember it. It's not like, and this is not uh, to pick out any one show, but like, it's not like you're going on Fallon and talking about your ski vacation from last month and right. oh, the chairlift went wrong. Like, it's that, you know, those kind of stuff as great as they are fairly disposable you go on the gethard show and you're john ham and all we build an episode around uh, you wrestling with professional wrestlers like you're not gonna <laughs> forget that you know that's right. something that sticks in there because you're like oh yeah remember when i got in a real wrestling ring and got in a sumo suit and got suplexed by rhino from the wwe you know um so i think that's always been something that uh, has been important to me when I'm trying to pick out new jobs or, or look for new jobs is like, what is not a boring 
you know, run of the mill show. I want people to have fun and I want people to remember the thing that they worked on. So, you know, when I run into them later on, I could be like, Hey, we worked on this thing. And they'll be like, Oh yeah, I absolutely remember that because it was a cool thing. Um, so, you know, uh, but working and living in New York, you don't get a ton of star Wars people coming through just because a lot of them are British or a lot of them live in LA or a lot of them, you know, it, you just don't have that kind of turnover that you might if you lived in LA or you know you lived in London or whatever. Sure. Uh, so there have been there have been a few, and you know obviously with the Lucas show uh, brings in a lot of Star Wars into my work. And when we were doing it during the pandemic, um, we would do live streams so we could have guests from anywhere. So like we had uh, you know Mike Quinn who played Nenum, and we had. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Tim Rose, who's Admiral Ackbar, uh, Julian Glover, you know, Daryl Veers, all these people who like, live in the UK and we would never get to have if they were in New York because 87-year-old Julian Glover is not traveling to New York for fun anymore. <laughs> like, it's just not something that happened. Uh, uh, Ahmed Best was on, you know, all these cool people. Um, but the show is also not, we always say it's not about Star Wars, which is kind of true. Um but it also gives us the excuse where if we want to have someone who is Star Wars related come on the show, we can. Um, but getting you know, people for that, they know what they're going to talk about sometimes. We don't really prep guests in advance. But like, you're going on a Star Wars show. We're going to talk about Star Wars a little bit. But then we're also going to ask you know, Julian Glover about uh, he, he like narrated some marionette uh, puppet show movie. <laughs> That Griffin one of the sidekick the sidekick uh, yeah. loves, and it was something that Julie Glover was like, I don't even remember what you're talking about. Like I have no <laughs> idea. You know, you think yeah. you're gonna come on and talk to uh, uh, about Star Wars, but then, uh. If we're just gonna talk to you about whatever. Well, we're and Julian Glover would great. be one of those ones that would be so great because obviously you have star Wars, but you have last crusade, no, you have game yeah. of Thrones, like, yeah. you know, there's He's some big rocks thing. in there that, yeah. He has an insane career where he's like the ultimate convention guest, you know? <laughs> yes, um, exactly. Uh, I don't know what ATG is. Listen, we got, we got better guests, but I don't know what ATG <laughs> is. So I'm going to just tell it's you around the galaxy guys. podcast and it's our oh, buddy. Great. Pete, great. So. great. To- totally uh, a good I, one. I don't know them, but we got good guests. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hook you up. We'll, we'll make something okay. happen. Great, great, great. Um, so yeah, we I mean we've been really lucky. You know, we had all my best come on and talk for like an hour and a half just about like his philosophy on life. And like we talked about Star Wars, but we also he talked about like neo-futurism for a very long time. And it was just fascinating to just Absolutely. hear him talk about things other than Jar Jar Banks for the most part, you know. But it's always fun when people like him come on and they're like, Oh, well, George, you remember we were in Tunisia together. And we were filming Phantom. Like, just like acting like they are talking to George Lucas is always <laughs> the funniest thing to me. We had Whoopi Goldberg on and her just being like, yeah, Watto, that's true. Just the fact that we, like, that Whoopi, <laughs> yes. She uh, was in it. She was bought into the, she was the, in the whole it. thing. And it's the best when these random, crazy, uh, you know, people that you never expect to be talking to are like, oh, yeah, no, Watto, you bring up a really good point. <laughs> like, it's so insane. <laughs> um, uh but then what was i gonna say oh, is, oh was there, has there ever been no go ahead no no, no. you no, I, was, I was gonna say obviously it's so wonderful to have the people that get it and are in there yeah. to be in the bit and do the thing has there ever been like a really good like crash and burn like somebody showed up and they didn't get it at all and it was really <laughs> awkward and difficult 
And I guess you don't have to name a name if you don't want to. I won't name names, but um, it it's rare. It's real rare because you know something, something. I don't want to uh, you know toot my own horn, but like one of the part of the job for me is like prepping people to be like, this is what this is. If you buy into it and you go along with it, you're not going to look dumb, you know. And that's what people care about. People care about not looking dumb. So, like, if you're like, listen, if you call him George and you call him Watto, people will love you and people will, like, right. be on your side. If you come on and you're like, what is this? Who are you? <laughs> what is this? Like, people yeah. are going to be like, they're, oh, they're going to be against you from the start. They're going to be against you because you're not having fun. If you just relax right. and you have fun, you're going to have a good time. Very rarely. And it happened more when it was a stage show than when it was a live stream. People would not go along with it or just be like, okay, George, you know, wink. and like, really like, wink, wink. It's not fun. And it's like, it makes you look like you're not in on the bit that you signed up to be. And the good thing about it was the, when it was a stage show, it was a midnight show on Friday in the East village of New York. So like, if you already said yes to that many steps, you know, where it's like, you're coming to a midnight show in the East village, you're probably going to be on board just because it's like a lot of work to get there. And to like be up until yeah. two a.m. because you were on a show, like so you right. might as well be on board and you might as well have fun. You've committed to it before it ever started. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but as far as like Hamill and and Anthony Daniels, um, Hamill was in town for Comic Con. It was before the Last Jedi. It was October before the Last Jedi, and he was good friends with my buddy Anthony Atamanek who um, was the host of the president show on comedy central. He like, he was a Trump impersonator. It was right. uh, a show that I worked on, but they become good friends because Hamill's very, you know, resistance on Twitter. He's very, you know, rah, right. rah about politics stuff. And he really loved Anthony. So I had sent an ask and then Anthony, you know, helped bring it, bring it home and lock him in for it. Uh, but they were very nervous because he was doing signings and photos and everything. And they're like, he sometimes loses his voice because he's just talking so much over the weekend to people. So it was one of those right. things where I like sort of had to have someone as a backup. And I like had someone else who was in town for Comic-Con where I was like, listen, here's the deal. Mark Hamill's coming. He doesn't know if he's actually going to be able to do it. I'm going to give you tickets. You can come to the show. You can come hang out. I might need you. You know, and it was like I had a really cool guest, and I'm like bummed that she did not get to do it. But at the same time, she was like, "Yeah, I want to see Mark Hamill 100 percent." Absolutely, come. yeah. It's a win-win um, situation. It was a win-win for everybody. Everyone was psyched. Everyone was happy. Um, but it, uh, he was great. He was so good, and he, you know, he's a, a master storyteller. That's like his thing. Is like he's like very good at telling stories, and he was right. so nice to everybody. When we were leaving, I don't think I've ever told the story. When we were leaving the theater, we were getting ready to go. And we were like, oh, God, how do we get him out of here? Because it was like <laughs> the theater was in a basement under a grocery store. And there was like one exit. It was a nightmare to get into. Right. But we we're like, how do we get him out of here? And he goes, well, I can just go stand at the door and say goodbye to everybody as they walk out. I'll take pictures. We'll do whatever. And we're like, <laughs> no, don't do that. Yep. You don't have to do that. But he was like all for it. He was like, yeah, I want to go say hi to people. I want to go talk to people. And at the end, like we left and there was like a group hanging out outside, like probably 30 people maybe. And he like stayed and signed autographs and took pictures with everybody. Six hours after he was selling autographs for like $200 like at Comic-Con. And it was like, <laughs> I think that shows a, that's like uh, shows his, you know, uh, 
his like belief system. He's like just a good guy who like likes the fans and wants to like, he's a part of them. He like, when we were there, the thing that he and I talked a lot about was Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein because he loves that movie and he loves like old monster movies. Right. And that was like what our main conversation was about. It wasn't about star Wars. It wasn't about, you know, uh, 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 the Joker or whatever. It was just like, because one of the things I'm sorry, I'm rambling a lot. Um, no, this is awesome. This is what, one this of is the, what we're here for. Yeah, no, I figure. Um, I think one of the ways to be a good talent booker is to not obviously not fanboy out unless it's appropriate. Sure. You know, sometimes it comes up where you're like, Oh, I want to talk to you about this. And that is, it happens a lot where you're like, I love this thing. Let's talk about this. But the thing that gets people to be on your side and to be like, Oh, I like being here. I like talking to you. Is just, you know, I know something that you enjoy. Let's talk about that instead of the thing that everyone right. wants to talk to you about. So it's like, I know you love, you know, old monster movies and monster masks and like, you know, 1940s, like horror movies, stuff like that. And it was, it came up. I, I worked it into the conversation organically and that was what he talked about. And he was happy about it. Um, and the night went about as perfect as it could have gone, which is like the great thing. Um, it like everything worked out fine. He had a very good time. I, I have a poster. I have a force awakens poster. I got at comic-con the year before, two years before maybe when Carrie Fisher was there and I had her sign it. And then I had him sign it too. And he wrote for Patrick, thanks for the memories forcefully yours, Mark Hamill. And then I like tweeted about the show the next day being like, you know, he's a gem. He's the best. And he tweeted like, you're not so bad yourself, Patrick. Thanks for a night. I'll never forget. And I was like, Oh, okay, great. I'm all done here. I'm I'm done. You know, my job here is finished. Yeah. It was the ideal way to do it. That's true. Star Wars is lucky to have Mark. Um, I just wish people would talk to him about other stuff sometimes because I feel That's like right. he has so much to say and you always feel, you know, you see those interviews I, and I feel like this with a lot of Star Wars people. You see an interview with Natalie Portman and they bring up Star Wars and you just see a little piece of them dying. <laughs> like, <they're laughs> exactly. Like, oh, we're going to talk about it again? Yeah. Okay, I get yeah. it. That, that um, little twitch in the eye. Just like, yeah. mm, here we go. But then, you know, conversely, uh, Anthony Daniels was in town promoting his book Mm-hmm. Um, which is great, and if people have not read it, it is great because it, it's yes. really yes. good. I um, did the audiobook version, which he read, which yeah. to me made it that oh, much that's, better. That's great. And he, uh, I, I'm working at Marvel, and I was like, guys, we have to get Anthony Daniels. Like, we have. What do you? What are we talking about? We have to get Anthony Daniels. Uh, and I, you know, talked him into it, convinced him, and the way that we did it was like, you know, Star Wars does so much. Uh, uh, Marvel does so much. Star Wars content and has for 50 years. Um, they and they had done that one off with the red arm, you know, how he got the red mm-hmm. arm and everything like that. And, and of course, everyone wanted to talk to him too, which was great. Um, but he was someone who, like, he wants to talk about Star Wars, he loves talking about Star Wars, he loves talking about being C3PO. That's like he loves it. Um, and he was so great, he like stayed in the podcast for longer than we had, uh, you know asked him for he went down and hung out with the editors for the star wars comics and like chatted with them and you know it was it was an ideal situation and he was super fun um but yeah it's so cool when that stuff works out and when you know people are nice and people are good people and and they're friendly and that's kind of the you know that's the best part of the job it means the world and just to bring it even down to a smaller scale this show that i do 
I've had a podcast since 2018. We transitioned mm-hmm. to this live stream format back in January. And, you know, a good bit of it has been like other podcast hosts or friends of mine, people that I've met, yeah. you know, through this media, especially over the last year. But also, and I'm taking all these notes and like listening to you talk about booking. And I listened to the podcast that I told you the other day, the UCB digital yes, podcast that you were talking about, you know, some of the things to book. And I'm sitting there taking all these copious notes because for me, the chance to get a Connor or a Patrick or um, I've had on Alex Segura, who wrote the Poe Dameron yeah. Freefall book. Yeah, yeah. I've had oh, um, Lauren Mary Kim, who was the stunt double in a bunch of Mandalorian stuff. And she yeah. also was Ahsoka in the Ahsoka Mall fight in yes, Clone Wars yeah. season seven. So yeah. to be able to get people like I've, I joke all the time that I may be the smallest podcast that has the highest quality guests. That's great. But for me, in the world that we live in, it's fishing in Twitter DMs and Instagram yes, messages and sending somebody a thing and being very kind, not yeah. disingenuously like I mean it, but just saying, hey, look, I know you get asked a thousand times you know, yeah. by people and trying to also find, you know, everybody's trying to get Freddie Prince Jr. to come talk about, you know, something and be Canaan or whatever. Of course. So of I'm course. not necessarily trying to do that. Yeah. But like there is something to saying. I'd love to hear your story. I'd love yeah. to hear, you know, of course I want to talk about star Wars, but like, I want to hear about you. I want to hear about the things, you know, that, you know, drive you not only to have been able to work in star Wars or to be, you know, in these other things. So I love hearing your stories about, you know, cause obviously you're on a much larger scale than I'll ever be at, but the truth hey, Senator is still the same. Don't, do that. don't sell yourself. No, no, no seriously. The truth, the truth Senator is still the same. It's about yeah. making a connection with somebody being genuine. And I've had more people tell me, yeah, I don't do that. I don't, Sure. You know, one guy said, look, I tell everybody no and no hard feelings. And one day yeah. if I change my mind, I'll open it up to everybody and we'll be off to the races. Yeah. And, it, you know, half the people would probably be pissed about that and be like, well, that guy was such a jerk. And I go, sure. no, I get it. He asked 400 times a day. Mm-hmm. And so I said, thank you so much. I look forward to the chance to maybe, you know, be yeah. in the race one day or yeah. because, again, it's for fun. We're talking of about course nerdy stuff because it's fun and this is a hobby for me this isn't my job yeah i have to go to work tomorrow and that's fine but i love that the truths about the way you do that job as a producer and as a booking talent booker and that kind of thing still ring true to the things that i'm doing on a hobby level oh yeah and you know it's just a matter of saying you know hey and, and sometimes asking somebody i've got a buddy um my buddy mari who was max on the show homeland Mm -hmm. um He's a friend of mine and he was on a long time ago and I reached out to him one day. I was like, Hey, I was like, you've done voiceover for the old Republic star Wars video game. Like, can you, you know, and having the chance sometimes to make a personal connection through a friend or through, you know, somebody like, again, Connor said, Hey, you need to have Patrick. And I was like, put it on the books. Let's go. Um, That also makes a difference too. But again, it comes down to being kind, being gracious working with somebody in a time frame that works for them. And I, like you said, I love the idea that you're in New York. All these people are going to be here at some point. Like that's a yeah. great way to look at it that I hadn't considered. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, so um, I mean, it's, it's an advantage. It's an advantage being here. Um, but it's also, you know, you don't have the exact same talent pool as being somewhere like uh, Los Angeles or London or something. Sure. Like it's just a different group of people. And the nice thing about this last year with Lucas is being able to open it up to all those people where it's like, right. I never thought we would have this person on or this person because yeah. they just like, they don't live around here and they never come here. So like, when would yeah. that ever happen? Um, and then, you know, like on our, we had a holiday special 
uh, and I think it was like 18 and a half hours it ran. It was a fundraiser <laughs> thing. And I think we had like 80 guests on where it was just like, mm-hmm. where else is that going to happen except a place right. where it's like, yeah, just come on for 10 minutes. You know, just come do mm-hmm. this. It'll be fun. You'll have a good time. And people well, wanted and- to do stuff. That's right. And the other point that you made a minute ago, talking about even over the course of quarantine, mm-hmm. you know, it opened up the chance, like you said, to have a Julian Glover, to have somebody yeah. Yeah. over Zoom, somebody from London. Honestly, that works the same way for me, because I, I'll sure. tell you a secret. All these people aren't coming through Montgomery, Alabama, for the most part. But yeah. the world gets smaller when I have the yeah. ability to sit in my garage and make this connection. I joked or I told the story, I think, last week. Um we had on Clayton Sandell from ABC mm-hmm. news is a huge star mm-hmm. Wars fan. And he talked about starting out in radio. And I said, well, as a kid, I had a Fisher price record player and a Fisher place tape player. And I wanted to be a DJ. And so I would yeah. make my own radio shows by doing the talk part and then playing a record and recording it and doing this whole thing. And then here I am as a 42 year old producing my own pseudo TV show on the internet in my garage yeah, because the world got smaller because of technology. Of and so I do have the ability when Lauren Mary Kim was on and we talked, she was in Thailand working mm-hmm. on something. And, and like, there's no other way that would have ever been able to happen yeah. other than the glory of and modern I technology. That, I, think that's, I think that's the way that it will be after this, too. I think people sure. maybe will want to break from being in front of their computers all the time. But I think I think this will definitely become the new normal of like yeah, you can do it. It's so much easier. You don't have to fly out to New York to do press, which of course makes my job a lot harder when I'm trying to book comedy shows in person. Uh, uh, you know, it's definitely been tough because a lot of people either don't live here anymore or not coming to New York right. anytime soon or not traveling, you know, which I get and I don't blame them at all. Um, but I think it's going to be a, definitely a different world for talent booking after this. Uh, for the better and for the worse. And I don't know what's going to change. And I don't know, you know, how, if it's going to be fun <laughs> after this. If it's not, if it's going to be less fun, I don't know. We'll find out. Um, but it's definitely going to be different. And I think, I think it will be easier for you and for uh, shows like yours, you know, to do more remote interviews after this. And, and people will be more open to it. Whereas I feel like in 2019, if you ask someone to do an interview over Skype, like it's not, it was not commonplace. Like well, people and even it, for... No doubt. Well, even for me, do we, like I said, we started as an audio podcast for the first three years yeah. and we were very sporadic in getting shows out because the guy that I was started the show with, we didn't live in the same town. So sure. we were trying to do it in a very early on version of recording the audio on Skype or yeah. recording and me sending my audio to him so that he could edit it all. Like it was a whole yeah. deal. And now between, you know, StreamYard and anchor and all these things that like, you know, obviously it's its own cottage industry that surprisingly enough, yeah. there's not just star Wars podcasts. There's lots of other ones too, but yeah. like that's a whole industry in of itself. And so like I could make an entire episode from my phone if I needed to, because yeah. again, the world shrinks the accessibility and the ability to create, which is the part I love because sure. this is something I've wanted to do for years and now it's accessible and it's something that I can do even if it's just for me. So it, it's all very fascinating and I love, your perspective of it. And again, the opportunity to connect with some of these folks, yeah. um, whether it's star Wars or otherwise, I just think that's really cool. And, so, and another thing during that, I mean, it's been fun meeting other star Wars fans, like doing podcasts like this where it's just, or, or video shows, you know, whatever, sure. uh, but getting to meet people. Like, Cause I was not really connected in the star Wars community before this, but like, you know, having that platform of doing the Lucas show, like opens you up to being a part of other people's worlds. And it's, right. it's fun. It's been fun and cool. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, let's do this. Let's make a l- another pivot. Let's turn a little yeah. bit. Um, one of the features of this show that we normally do is we have a top seven list and I ask oh, our yeah. guests to, we do a topic and I ask them to kind of count it, come up with their list. We count it down yeah. from seven to one. Um, yeah. And so when I asked you any ideas or things you wanted to hit on, you threw this one back at me immediately, Yeah, which was my first sign that there was a passion here. The other sign yeah. that there was a passion here was I watched the, um, oh, what it's. Um, you watch screen test, Am- right? Screen test. Yes. I watched yeah, the screen test Star Wars game show yeah. with Paul and, um, and, and Amy, you Michael talked about, him. yeah. And Amy, you talked about this um, in here. So Patrick's top seven list that we're going to get into tonight is his top seven Star Wars Cantina cuties. Alliteration intended. Yeah. Uh, um, now I feel good it, about the list. I want to oh, be clear. It's a great list and I'm excited to dig into it. And so what we're going to do is I've got a little slideshow that we'll keep up here and great. we're going to go through them seven to one. And I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear why you picked each one. Yeah. What, you know, it can be crazy thoughts, why it means so much, it, whatever it's feeling, whatever you're in. So we're yeah. not going to waste time. We're going to get into number say, seven. Before we go through. Oh, oh. Spoiler. It's, well, go ahead. No, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> we can stay on the tonic. No, no, no. It's okay. I want to be clear. It's a very hard list for me because there's a lot of cuties in there. And there, yeah, I went back and forth going through a ton of different uh, uh, characters saying, you know, I wish I wish I could put this person on, but I only have seven. I cheated a little bit a couple times, but I think it's okay. And we can. Well, we can and, and, the, and it kind of opens up, too, because you're right. There are so many. Yeah. And also we have a couple of different cantinas. We have Maz's cantina. Sure. We have Chalman's from sure. Star Wars, which I is where we are going to be. Yeah, I want to yes. say I only stuck with Chalmers if I'm if I'm. You, you only correctly. stuck with Chalmers, which is great. And I picked one bonus selection at the end of your okay. list that wasn't on your list, and it is also a Chalmers selection okay. in its own unique right and way. So I, I'm excited about this. So we're going to dig in with number seven, the Tonica twins. Yes. So we're going to start with the Tonica twins. Obviously, you know, not a lot of women in that cantina scene. <laughs> I think maybe that's it. Maybe beyond like there's a couple creatures that are are female, but I think we're going to start with the Tonica twins. I wanted to make sure we had some ladies on there as well as some men um, and some creatures where we're not sure of their, how they express their gender. <laughs> That's um, right. You know, I think it's, it's all of the humans in the cantina are very striking. They did a great job casting the extras. This is the way I think about it. They sure. do a great job casting the extras because they are all people where you're like, Oh wow. They have a look. They've got like a real distinct look. Mm-hmm. Um, these two actresses, I do not believe are actually twins, but they do look very similar. Um, and I think you notice them in the scene where you're like, Absolutely. yeah, there they are. They're very distinct, very, uh, they got, th- their outfits look very um, 1950s sci-fi, I would say. Uh, th- I would say that middle picture gives me a, a Buck yeah. Rogers vibe. Buck sure. Rogers, like Plan Nine from Outer Space, like you know the <laughs> the the, sure. the like cheap B movie sci fi, which I think is fun. They need like a big ping pong ball for a hat, and then they'd yes. be set. Yes. But I think it's fun because it like it you know it harkens back to the old stuff that they were trying to evoke with that movie. But also it like it gives a different flavor to that cantina where like a lot of them are you know dressed in like a spaceman outfit or a freaking you know rodent man or whatever but <laughs> like right. these ones you're like oh i know exactly what these people are 
That's, well, and I always remember noticing too, as that, that panning shot on that picture on the left, yeah. isn't one of them smoking like the cigarette with the long holder on it yeah, that as that camera right. goes by. That's um, right. Yeah. But uh, again, they were striking even as a kid seeing these movies, like, yeah. Oh, there, there's look at those two ladies look and look at, at whatever. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, and one of the things, one of the things I put on each one of these pictures as we go through is I found a couple of the images, but then I tried to see if there was a toy or an action figure yeah, for each one. Their, so I threw, so I threw that in there. So yeah, we've got, um, those have to I be micro was, machines, maybe it, it's the, that micro action fleet. Um, yeah. 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 The smaller scale ones where it was like the best bin playset inside of yeah. like the, whatever it was. And so they have like the feet that are attached to each other. But there is a set, and it was an actual. It wasn't a custom. It was a, an actual set. So I was yeah, kind of impressed fine. about that. Did they not have um, action figures? I don't believe they had actual that's, action figures. That's wild. Um, a, one of the one or two of these I found had customs, and some of the other ones, of course, you know, a lot of these got action figures late in recent years for like celebrations, yeah. like um, what's his name with the ice cream maker. You know, yeah, he got one uh, later Will on, Rowan, and Will, Will Rowhood. Yeah, um, it looks like there's only custom action figures for them, which is funny. That's right, because there's so few women in the original trilogy that you would assume you think they would have jumped would on that. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Action fleet. That's what it was. Thanks, Bart. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so that's a fantastic number seven. Do you have any other points that you want to throw before we get out of the next one or get no, to the next? No, I think one? that's it. I just think they're um, they're distinctive, and I wanted to also make sure there were some humans in there because I feel like it's very easy to get carried away for me specifically uh, with a bunch of little mask boys. And uh, mm -hmm. I want to make sure there were some actual human faces in there. Absolutely. I love that. So um, as we move to number seven, we have our man Zutton. We love him. We love him. <laughs> and I, I mean, listen, I'm going to say this about everybody. I'm going to say we love him about everybody. <laughs> That's Zutton, totally fair. Um, here's what I like about him. I like his little hump on his back. I yes. also like I also like his little I'm gonna say Lil about a lot of stuff. I like his little human <laughs> hands that he's got there. <laughs> uh, especially on the left, you could just see I believe they're yes. just regular people hands. They're straight up um, people hands. Yep. I also like his action figures, how there's uh two very distinct, very separate ones. Uh I hate that I knew his name was Zutton without looking it up. I hate that. <laughs> Makes me feel bad about myself, but nope. um, I think it's just funny that he was one of the first action figures that they put out. That's right. I, I just and think it's so funny that that was what they chose, you know? That's what they picked. Because he they, doesn't do anything they, in the movie. He doesn't do anything. He's, he's just there. He's like almost and, a comfortable uh, Rubio. He's almost not even in the movie. Absolutely. That is a perfect comparison. Yeah. Constable Zuvio for the yeah. original trilogy Cantina. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and to have two action figures because yes. they changed it at some point, it's and so one of them is worth a lot of money, and the other one yeah. everybody can everybody can get it. Everybody can get the red one. I have like uh -huh. three of the red one, the blue one, also, and if the blue one has the toe dent, not so much. Oh, I didn't know that. That's oh, funny. they're expensive. That that's the harder a, a blue snag as the vintage toy collectors I knew that, call I knew it. that, but I didn't know about the toe dent. I didn't know that yes, was a, one of the, one of them the has a dent in the boot on the toe yeah. um, that makes it different than the other one. The thing I um, also and for do our like, audio listeners, I should throw this out here real quick yeah. for the audio listeners. 
Uh, we're talking about Zutton. If you don't know who the name Zutton is, it's Snaggletooth is who we're mm -hmm. talking about mm -hmm. from the cantina. But if you're cultured like us, we call him Zutton. <laughs> if you know that, if you're a real fan, if you're, if you're in the Patrick know, said it, I, not me. Yeah, I do. Um, I do like one of my favorite things on the old uh, action figures. Mostly, sometimes it happens in the new one, but it's rare. Uh, is that they're just like, what's he wearing? Robes? No, he's wearing a spacesuit. No. That's right. We don't care. Jumpsuit. What's he's got a hump on his back? No, he doesn't. Not anymore. Nope. He's buff and muscly like all the new Power of the Force figures. Yeah. <clears throat> that's exactly yeah. what it is. So, okay. Well, that's an excellent point um, for Zutton. Mm -hmm. I looked up a couple of facts on a couple of these, and according to Wikipedia, Zutton is an artist. Sure. I don't know. I don't know if he was hanging out in the cantina for inspiration. You know, mm -hmm. maybe he was uh, having a painting or writing or drawing block, whatever his art might have been. Yeah. He needed to go yeah. get a breather. Um, and then also, for those that don't know, because you're not a real fan, he's a Snivian male. Mm -hmm. Is his we species and gender. That's what I, as said. He I, wanted, I wanted to make sure there were some women in there because I knew Zutton was a boy. That's right. See, we got we got to we got to represent for everybody here. So uh -huh. good on you, Patrick. Good on you. Thank you. <laughs> well, let's get into number five. Number five, and this is a favorite for anybody. We have yeah. our gal Akmina. In fact, we yep. had it called for earlier up in the chat. Yeah. Um, yep. David said it. B. Arthur. Now I, tricked, I tricked you all because I said I want to make sure I got some ladies in there, but I also had Akmina coming and you guys didn't even know it. <laughs> uh, look at her. I mean, she's great. Um, we had uh, this guy, Granbell Fisher, who's a musician. We met him because, and it's a long story, we met him because we were doing a. Um, a studio 60 retrospective, the Aaron Sorkin show. And he was a musical guest on the show within the show, but for yes. the holiday special, I love that he, show by the way. And I hate that. I can't watch great. it online somewhere. It's on YouTube because someone, I don't know who uploaded it. Um, <laughs> uh, but he sang good night, but not goodbye. The song that she sang uh -huh. in the holiday special. It's on YouTube. And I want everyone to listen to it because it's beautiful and it's truly yep. the best. The song has ever sounded. It's amazing. I want people to look it up. We're, we're going to get that great. trending this week. That That's my mission. We're going to get that trending on YouTube. You should. You absolutely should because <laughs> it, it is truly great. Um, no, she's great. I mean, listen, we like Waher, the regular bartender, you know, the daytime bartender, but she's the nighttime bartender. And I think uh, just imagine if she had been in the movie, you know? Yep. Imagine if Luke showed up and it was B. Arthur. And now every, when everyone watched that movie, they're like, Oh, weird. That's B. Arthur. It would have been great. <laughs> I, I don't have much to say about her, except I think she's great. And I am glad that they reintroduced her in the canon. <laughs> I think that that's fun. And yes. I hope that they continue to do that with holiday special stuff, because I uh, truly love the holiday special beginning to end. I think it's all great. Absolutely. And I, and I love that take. And um, and I love this character. And I, I love that when she, when I when you emailed me your list and I saw it, I got excited that good, what a great, good, ad, great addition. <laughs> Um, but now think about this, guys. If she's at number five, imagine what one through four are going to be. Imagine what's you know? next. That's right. <laughs> and also, and this is going to get into a whole other separate side of fandom. Um, th there, <laughs> there was a roast years ago, and I don't know if mm -hmm. you've ever heard the B. Arthur joke that Rich Eisen tells. I can't tell it on this show. Oh, I um, believe I, I believe I have heard this. Yes, yes, yes. It's one of those things that, like, especially for the context of being at a roast, it's yeah. like jaw-droppingly funny when when i heard it originally and that still makes me laugh every time i hear it so of course i expect little, that from somebody like 
Rich Eisen, but anyhow, yeah. it's funny, it's and little, we can we can move tease. away from there. It's a little tease. If you're uh, watching this, you can go find that joke. That's right. Go find the B. Arthur joke by Rich Eisen. <laughs> uh, number four. Number four. Uh, Neighbor Leeds. Yeah. Now I picked Nabron Leeds. I did not remember his name. Thank God. Because if <laughs> I had remembered his name, there would have been a problem. I picked this guy for two reasons. One, well, let's bring him up on screen. I want you to look at him. That's, what, that's what I meant to do. I pushed the wrong button. That's okay. That's okay. Don't, don't One, tell me how to do this show, Patrick. No, it's fine. I'm just a producer, so I do this all the time. <laughs> um, uh, two reasons I like this guy. One, forearms. Cool. Right? Two, that's right. he's perfectly ready for 2020 2021 he's wearing a dang mask look at that his dang mask on That's he's right. got his dang mask on uh those are my only two things i like about him i like his head no it's not true i like his head i like his little brain <laughs> sticking out of his head up there um i really want to know what his face looks like i this wish this is one of those ones i feel like his face yeah. is kind of like beaker on the muppet babies like if oh. he takes his glasses off his eyes are gone like maybe if he takes his mask off his face is just gone like that's just yeah. the face that's how it works it's attached to yeah. that hose now i've never noticed it's just how much a brain there it's a little brain i wonder if he's like uh oh god what's his name prune face yeah. prune face was another <laughs> yeah. action figure i i just wonder there what prune face in that forearms i don't know i don't have much more to say about this guy except i just like his look <laughs> Well, we, we have some artistic critique too. Alex says the angled head draws the eye upwards. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. No, no lies. From the no arms. lies detected. Away, that's from, right, the away from the forearms. Yeah. If you're, ever if you're ever self-conscious about your forearms, just have a pointed head and it'll take care of that problem. It is. It is also funny because like things like my best friend neighbor leads over here. If they introduced him <laughs> in a new star Wars and they were like, Oh yeah, he's got four arms. People would be like, that's not star Wars. That doesn't feel like star Wars, but like, no, it empirically does. It's one of the first things you see in a star Wars is a guy with four it arms. It totally does. And um, what's his name from solo has four arms. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, You're right. I'm totally um, fan card oh, rejected. God. I can't think of his name. Oh no. Give me one second. His name. Oh my God. What is his name? We're gonna both remember this. <laughs> That's right. We're we're gonna get there together. We're gonna get there together. It's gonna end up in the chat before I can come up with it. Um, um he loves curling up in a Wookiee's lap. Oh my gosh! What's his <laughs> name? Dexter. Oh, Dexter Jetster does. Well, have Dexter Jetster also does have four arms. You're right. That is a good arm. Grievous has four arms. Uh oh, oh look at us. All right, guys. I'll arms. leave. If you want me to leave, I'll leave. <laughs> Thanks a lot. John Favreau voiced him. That's right. Michael's got the voice. It's um, Yeah, what's his name? Rio Durant. Rio Durant. That's it. We got there. Way Thank to go, you. everybody. Go team go. All right, guys. I get it. You're right. You're right. Everyone's got forearms in Star Wars. I'm a dummy. Thank, thanks a lot, Patrick. Can't think of names. Can't think of people with more than two arms. Good night, guys. What are we even doing here? <laughs> See, oh get Pat Patrick's get back, neighbor. and we're starting over. Get neighbor off slate. the screen. I don't even want to look hey, at him anymore. Clean, clean, clean slate, Patrick. Oh my gosh! Clean slate. We're going to number three. Okay, here okay, we go. Number three. Woo! Kid it, Keed Cack. It's my boy, Kid it, Keed Cack. I mean, I if there's ever been a more Star Wars thing to do than say, "Hey, we're going to put a praying mantis in here." See you after lunch. Yes, we love him. 
he reminds me of the guy from Mandalorian who showed up. Who what was his name? Was like Professor Munchie oh. or something like that? What was his name? Something no, like let's that. Let's not talk <laughs> about it. Let's not talk about it yet. Just oh. I understand oh. where you're going. Let's oh hang on. oh okay. <laughs> I'll wait. Um, That's right. Well, you talk about that. yours, Patrick. I'll talk yeah, about I mine. I won't talk about Professor Munchie. Um, <laughs> Kitty Kitkat. It's my favorite thing about the Cantina, which was my favorite scene in my favorite Star Wars movie, A New Hope's Number One. Cantina was uh, the best scene, but yes, I would watch the scene over and over and over and over again. And I would rewind my VHS tape and I broke my VHS tape because I watched the Cantina scene too many times. But my favorite thing about the Cantina scene is, you know, uh, Stuart Freeborn gets sick uh, making creatures. They don't have a lot of creatures when they originally shoot it. So they go yep. have Rick Baker do uh, insert shots. Um, and he's like, I don't know. I got a Wolfman mask. You want to use that? I got a big praying mantis. We could use that. Like he's just like throwing in random stuff that he's got. We've got a leftover spacesuit from Doctor Who. Yes, I love it. I love it. So they're just tossing in whatever they can get to make it look more full than it it actually was. Yes. Uh, but that's why I like this guy. I do also like again that the action figure does not look <laughs> does not look like it. it's a different color. It's like That's not right. even, and it appears to be wearing a hula skirt of some sort. Which I do like that. I do like that, but maybe, I just like maybe that it's a completely do, different color. Do we have a gender on Kid at Key Cat? Because this may be your third female on the list. Oh wow! We've got well, a skirt going on up. here. Hang on. That's right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Up. And this is an actual sanctioned figure. This is not a custom, well, which surprised excuse me. Excuse me, Kid is a female. Boom. A female Yamari from the planet Huck. Well, wow. as one oh, would assume, go. sure. Well, let's read about some personality traits really quick. <laughs> Please. had a bad temper and could be made angry very easily. She was strong given her tiny frame and was known for her stealthiness. Kitkak was also very good with technology. Her diet consisted of meat and eggs. <laughs> the, the touch of the diet and the meat and mm -hmm. eggs is what really does it for me right there. Mm -hmm. I mean... First of all, the uh -huh. technology. That's fine. I mean, uh -huh. what, what praying mantis isn't good with technology? Uh -huh. um, but the diet of meat and eggs, like that just uh -huh. sends me over the top. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's I, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, great. What a great, what a great guy. <laughs> what, what a, what a great girl. Sorry. That's right. What That's a great girl. Well, again, this is only number three. How do we top this? Let's find out. Let's find out. Who do we got? Number, number two. two. Okay, okay now this is, I cheated a little bit. I cheated. It's okay. It's okay. They go together. They go together. And and jelly, the baby. Main reason, there's two reasons why they go together. Mostly because of that action figure pack, which is one that <laughs> I'm still mad I don't have. I should have bought it uh, over uh, the pandemic because love them both. Um, That's right. And then they're also like partners in the Tales from the Cantina, uh, the most likely Cantina book that came out in the 90s, the anthology book mm -hmm. that I devoured as a child yes um uh but yeah no i mean look big small they're cool one's big one small that's all you need um i did oh my gosh i think it was today let me look hang on one sec when i was at comic-con a few years ago uh tom spina designs was doing a refresh on a muff talk outfit yes and yes. it was so cool and i took a picture with it and it was it was literally two years ago today Oh, hold on, guy. hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Woo-wee. Look at that. Look at that guy. That is fantastic. Um, it was very cool. I don't, I 
can't imagine it was the original one, but maybe it was. I know they have it, redone the original one. Yes, um, and it very well could be. And again, shout out to my friend Pete at ATG that you didn't know earlier. Um, yeah. He had Tom Spina on a couple of weeks ago and they oh, talked great. about um, several of the projects and things that they've been able to work on because, you know, of course you've got the regal robot stuff, Yeah, you know, the things that you can buy for your house, the custom furniture, but they also, yeah. he talked about, um, you know, the stuff that they've gotten to restore and those other bits. So yeah. it, it also, was neat to hear that. He was great on my friend Brandon's uh, talking Bay 94. He was just on yes. that a few weeks mm -hmm. ago and it's Absolutely. a really good interview. Yes, Brandon is also a podcast of the Wills alum. So, oh, great! He's the best. Another great, um, another great guy. Well, let's yeah. talk about this while we're still on Cave and Muftak. Yes. Um, how do we feel like this translation went? Because I feel like Cave is good. Muftak, yeah. I'm a little more. He's a little more surprised by something here. Yes, Muftak's a little manspready, which <laughs> I very manspready. It's very manspready. If we're gonna um, do that, we need to put some shorts on him. Like, uh, give yes. give a little a little something here. Yes. Um, I mean, listen, I'm happy that uh, I'm happy that they exist as action figures. You know, <laughs> I feel like Cave might be a little small, maybe. Yeah, that that scale may be off a little bit. The scale might be off a tiny bit. Um, but I'm not sure. Muff talk. Uh. uh looks a little too wampa-y here for me. It, it has that feel of like, exactly yeah, David, like the, um, the return of the Jedi characters that they used for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yes. Like yeah. they, they took the wampa and they're like, change the head around. It'll yeah, be yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah I think yeah, I always I picture them a little bit grayer. I think that's what I, uh, but, but you know, a King, a King in every right. I'm probably going to buy this set tonight. Uh, right. You should. You, you owe it to yourself. To. I, mean, I owe it to myself, and I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's a, it's a reward <laughs> for being on podcast of the Wheels. I mean, what can uh -huh. we say? Um, I love it. Well, that gets us to number one. It does. And you know what? Hang on. Before and, we, I'll, I'll be right yes. Back. I'll be right back. Absolutely. All right. Patrick has left, so we're going to kill some time here. We're going to hang out. Um, we're going to look at Muftak and Cave again because, first of all, the scale of that gun. That gun may be as big as Cabe himself. And I don't know. Like, right. the scale could be off. You're right. But it doesn't I'm matter. Back. I'm back. Because, right, oh, he's back. Good. Let's see number one. <laughs> let's see number one. Here we go. We're going to get it up on the screen if I can find the button. Our man, Panda Baba, is number one. Oh, my God. What is happening <laughs> here? <laughs> this is the most this is the weirdest um this is the weirdest dance party video i've ever been invited to not saying i hate it but the does panda baba have dreads like this <laughs> now wow this panda baba mask i do want to say my friend aj mckeon bought it for me sent it to me without telling me that it was coming right. so i just opened up a box <laughs> from, and it was a panda baba head um there are no eye holes in this. <laughs> so you cannot see anything in it. It doesn't look uh, like there's any breathing holes in that. There's no breathing holes in it. There's no breathing holes in it. There's no eye holes in it. Um, yeah, you know, we. Uh, what can you say? What can you say? I know this is disappointing. I don't have a good reason that he's number one, but like, why no, wouldn't no. he be number one? The mask alone is reason enough. 
Yes, the mask alone, the double hands. Let's look at these hands. Yes. Because <laughs> famously, two different types of hands because they messed up uh, when they were doing the insert shots and they, I guess, forgot what kind That's of right. hands he had. Um, another favorite thing of mine, I don't know if you can pull this up, the picture of him sitting at, in the holiday special. He's like sitting at a table. Right. Um, on the picture... <laughs> You notice, and I never noticed it when I was watching it, but then I went back and watched. He's wearing a short sleeve jacket, a short sleeve orange jacket. And it's because (laughs) they cut off his arm. And I guess they were like, well, we don't have another jacket. Let's just cut off the other sleeve and make it look like a short sleeve jacket that he's wearing now. That's amazing. Uh, I've got, I'm on it. I got you. You got it. Okay, good. Uh, (laughs) It's so funny how they're like, I don't know, just cut the other sleeve off. Who cares? Yeah, um, nobody cares about this. All right. Yeah. Tell, tell us guy. more about why you love Panda Baba. Why do I love Panda Baba? I mean, he just makes such an impression in such a short amount of time. I was going to do another, you know, double up. I was going to double up with Dr. Evazon, but I felt like that was cheating too much, especially directly after Cabe and Muff Talk. Um, but I love that scene so much. I don't like them in Rogue One, which bums me out. I think just it feels weird that they're there. Uh, and I know we talked about trying not to be negative about Star Wars, but that's I, okay. I, it just feels also, off. It feels off, and I think they something that bothers me uh, the slightest amount about the sequel trilogy. And I, for the most part, like a vast majority of the sequel trilogy. Sure, but I think they try to fit too many servos into the head, like masks mm-hmm. that they use. So, like yes. Num and Panda Baba, they're too big. The heads that's are right. too big. They're not the right size. They're not the right size. They look like Funko Pops. Uh, but they're very impressive, you know, getting to see that. Yeah, there we go. Look at those short sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> and and I don't believe I ever realized that he had the hoofs for hands. Yes, 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 yes. He does in some shots of A New Hope, because this is holiday special, but he does in some shots right. of A New Hope. And then when they cut to his hand on the ground, it's just a regular, like, gloved black hand (laughs) it's a gloved black hand and here's my favorite part of this that's why if you look at that action figure it comes with both of them yes it has the different sets that you can swap out um which it's a good thing that as kids we didn't have the action figures that had the swappable hands and the swappable heads because just like the weapons we we would have lost all the hands immediately Um, absolutely but my favorite part of this picture is that i mean i say that they look like hooves honestly they kind of look like some sort of sea creature for hands, uh, like the sure. horseshoe crab. They look yep, like horseshoe, horseshoe crabs. crabs. That's what they look like. Yeah. Um, and and but he's I also bet. got a normal glass beer stein sitting on the table next to him, and Absolutely. I cannot imagine him picking that up. Well, unless inside and, those and, domes, there's fingers in there. Go back and look there. at the action figure. Go back and look at the action figure. Well, the, the problem is I deleted that. the action figure. Oh no! Oh no! The way that they have it is he has fingers inside of there to like hold the gun inside and stuff, of there, which is bizarre. Yep, of course they do. I mean, why wouldn't they? Of course they do. Thanks, well, thanks, guy. Lucasfilm. <laughs> what a guy. guy! What a pal! And the hair on the bottom yeah. of that mask may be so the hairy. most disturbing part of that. So I thought about trimming wow. it, but I'm like, what's the point? You know, no, it's better the way it is. It gets back it is. to like the old. Um, the old masks that they had, like the Burt Cooper masks when I was a kid, yeah, you know, or it was like 
the C-3PO mask and then it was just a shirt that said C-3PO on it. Uh -huh. It didn't actually look like uh -huh. C-3PO's chest. Uh-huh. Um, that, that's a winner. There's no, there's no way about it. There's no way to there's say no that's not answer. a winner. So, yeah. Um, that is a fantastic top seven list, my friend. I think Thank that you. the cantina creatures are a delight. Um, my addition that I was going to throw in there that we alluded to ever so briefly, if I can Professor get my screen Munchie. to pop back up here. Professor Munchie. Um, or if we were to call him by his other name, our man, Dr. Mandible. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Mandible. And I loved this. And from the split second that he came on the screen in The Mandalorian, the and I kept this in line with the theme because we're in still in Chalman's Cantina. We didn't go somewhere yeah. else. This is when yeah. Mando goes to Tatooine. Um, as soon as it came on, I was like, Peyton Reed. Peyton Reed directed this episode. This is the ant from Ant-Man. Ant like, this is the ant that yeah. plays the drums in Ant-Man. No question <laughs> yeah. about it. And I love those kind because that's also exactly what you said for the original yeah. Cantina. We've, We've got a wolf guy over here. Bring him in. Mm -hmm. We've got a mm -hmm. bring Manus over a here. Bring that in. There's a devil over there. Yeah. And so Peyton Reed went, yeah, I'm going to put that in in there. You got to be kidding me to think I'm not. Yeah. And he's great. And it, it just, it's fantastic. And it's just sitting there and he's talking and they're talking about playing cards with um, Amy Sedaris, like everything uh -huh. about it. It just, it's, it's one of my higher up favorite scenes in the Mandalorian for yeah. just the sheer weirdness and, I mean, the straight up wink of it all. Like, he's like, yeah, uh-huh. I did this. Uh -huh. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> I do also want to point out Anthony Regina in the chat is saying in the holiday special, did his arm grown back? I imagine being back. But um, uh, I believe canonically, in, in Tales from the Most Eisley Cantina, the story was Dr. Evazon was like a Dr. Frankenstein-esque mad scientist. <laughs> who uh, then reattached Panda Baba's arm afterwards because they maybe loved each other. I can't remember really, but I think that is also currently in Canon too. I believe that happened in a comic too. Um, That's exactly right. And we do have yeah. a question about is Dr. Mm -hmm. Mandible an MD or a PhD? My um, guess, my guess is it's like an honorary, uh, you know, uh, college graduation doctorate. Like, you invite Mandible because <laughs> honorary he was like letters, a, like he got to yeah, come. Yeah, he was like a stand-up that people loved, so they brought him to come give the speech, and they're like, "We'll give you a doctorate too." I think that's probably what it was. Well, we don't get a lot of information in that on the Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. It says Doctor Mandible was a cantina regular sitting at the bar of Chowman Spaceport Cantina in Mos Eisley mm -hmm. when Din, Din Djarin walked in, and then down at the bottom, it says. According to Pelimoto, Dr. Mandible was a capable Sabak player, Sabak mm -hmm. player, and although he was unable to speak Galactic Basic Standard, he could understand others who spoke the language. So mm -hmm. that's all we get. That's all we got. I guess he's he, he's a doctor of playing Sabak and speaking Standard Basic. Or <laughs> yeah, listening he's to Sabak. He's a Sabakter. <laughs> Sabakter <laughs> Mandible. Yeah. Ma ma hashtag make Sabachter Mandible canon. <laughs> that's what that's what we're gonna have to go with. Yeah. Wow. Cantina creatures. They're so fun. And there's other cantinas out there, which is the glory sure. of it all. We've got Maz's Cantina, which there's a lot of fun characters in that whole Didn't thing. Touch on it. And I do wanna I wanna circle back to what you said at the very top of this list, talking about the Tonica twins. 
was the idea that they identified people and characters who were very like physically stood out. You know, you could tell one of my favorite things in um, the director and the Jedi documentary from last Jedi is when they are casting the um, Canto bite cantina scenes and they show all those people in those rooms. And there's literally like a 95 year old man who can't stand up. And there's a really large gentleman who or lady or whoever, what like, they did it wasn't all supermodels and tall people it was literally physically people who looked so different from one another that whether they were in clothes as a human or whether they were in prosthetics and whatever else like yeah they were physically going to stand out and look different and i'm always fascinated by that kind of thing there there is i was just read. i'm reading this oral history of star wars that just came out it's like a book it's a really thick oh, book. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting it's a lot of stories that you've heard but it's like cool to see it all Mm-hmm. you know laid out like that and they were talking about and i just googled it and it's apparently still a thing there was like an it's called it's called ugly models agency in london and they okay. just get people who just look unique and have right. have different looks and that mm-hmm. was who they got a lot of the cantina people through was this like one agency that just like that was their thing <laughs> was they just hired people with distinct features um, it makes me yeah. think of that poster that we saw as kids growing up of mm-hmm. the old man that could like, Oh yes. Yes. Like, yes. Was like, like yeah, 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 that guy, like yeah. I could never, it was just like, that was his weird thing that he could do. Yeah. And he ended up on every poster you could think of because yeah. he had a unique, distinct look. But then also in the director and the Jedi to go back to that, I just remembered there's yeah. the guy who comes up who's like 90 years old and he's like, I was in the cantina scene. Yes. And then they like mm-hmm. show a picture of him in the cantina scene. Yes, right. absolutely. Great. So good. Like it's like great. George says, it's poetry. It rhymes. It goes it rhymes. in a circle. It rhymes. <laughs> Patrick, you have given me an hour and a half of your time on this Sunday night and I could not be more thankful for it. This has been so much fun. I've loved these conversations. I love hearing about the work you do. I love hearing the funny stories. And I know that there are tons more. Um, and I want to encourage certainly all of the people who are watching. And I'm actually also going to throw another thank you your way um, because we have a ton of people hanging out and watching tonight that are not normally here. And I know that yeah. they are here because of you, because of the George Lucas talk sure. show. So sure. thank you to all of you for tuning in tonight. I saw a bunch of these folks when Pat, or I mean, when Connor was on, Mm-hmm. And so I love the the George Lucas talk show bump that I get when I have some of you guys on. All the we um, got all the Georgie Porgies. Yeah, that's all right. The all the Georgie Porgies. Yeah. Um, so thank you for being here tonight. Please tell everybody what you're working on, stuff to be looking out for. Obviously, um, you're on Twitter and mm-hmm. you can be found there. But you know, give us your plugs. Tell us what Patrick's got going on. Yeah, I mean, follow me on Twitter. I'm trying to get more Twitter followers than the canceled NBC show, Sean Saves the World. That's my quest <laughs> right now. I believe I'm about 600 away. Um, you know, the George Lucas talk show, we actually, uh, now this was not something that came up. We premiered a new episode tonight. It was going Ooh. on at the beginning of the show. It was a secret thing that dropped. Um, I imagine everyone here, I believe everyone here probably knows about it at this point, but you can go watch all the old episodes on YouTube. Um, my recommendation is, uh, if it sounds at all interesting to you to see a comedian playing George Lucas and talking to, you know, Kevin Smith or Whoopi Goldberg or, or John Hamm or whatever, uh, um, go to the YouTube, find a guest that you like and just watch that episode and you'll figure it out. Eventually, uh, you don't have to be a huge star Wars fan to watch it. 
you just hop on in. It's a very welcoming, good community. And uh, I think you'll like it. Um, the other thing is uh, a new show that I'm producing. It's going to be live in person. It's the next iteration of Cat, the improv show. Uh, it's going to be at the Caveat Theater every Sunday starting August 1st, but it will also be streaming online. You can watch it anywhere. Um, I believe it's $8, I think, to stream it online. Um, you know, famous people come in, tell stories, and then improvisers do scenes based off those stories. We got some good people lined up, and I think uh, I think you'll like it. It's going to be fun. And Connor, Connor's there almost every week who plays George on that show. So Absolutely. It'll be good. Well, we can't thank you. We can't thank you enough for being here. It really has been a pleasure. I want to thank everybody in the live chat for hanging out. If you're one of our audio listeners and listen to the podcast version, thank you so much for supporting the show, listening, downloading. Love for you to go give us a review somewhere. Apple, iTunes, YouTube, wherever it is, leave comments, reviews, anything positive and happy, things you like. If you don't like it, like we said, you know, just don't be here but if you're here you're having fun you like star wars i think we're okay um mm-hmm. a couple of things you can find us us being me um pretty much most of your social media things we are at will's pod twitter facebook instagram uh we do have a t public store where you can go buy shirts i did put out my very first tiktok video promoting the show tonight i'm too old for tiktok but i'm trying <laughs> because i'd love to have more people find the show and hang out with us on a regular basis um if you subscribe to us, we are youtube.com slash podcast of the wills. And then one other plug, a shout out to my buddy, Mikey, who's been hanging out in the comments in the chat tonight. I will be on the deuce cast extra again, this coming Tuesday night. And we are going to be talking about the series or season finale of Loki. And we're going to be talking about the most recent ba- episode of the bad batch. I've been lucky over the last couple of weeks to get to hang out with those guys with Mikey and Griffin. I mean, Garrison, and recap TV shows. I love Star Wars, but I love pop culture too. So I love the chance when I get to get outside the Star Wars bubble and talk about those other things. So check that out Tuesday night. I'll tweet out the links right before we go live. Um, another fun show talking about shows and TV and things that we love. So thank you for being here. I hope everybody has a great week coming up. And until we are uh, together again next time, may the force be with you always.